So, I found out some disturbing news. Uh-oh. Yeah. The, uh, the, the dinosaur shooting extravaganza. Exoprimal. Yeah. We're all familiar. Yeah. Exoprimal. Yes, of course. We're all very excited. Would I say we were very excited? Oh, no. What Apparently, there is going to be, like, PvP elements. There's kind of like a, like, the whole premise. And it, I, I think it can kind of happen in, like, random assortments here. But the whole thing is like a PV, PvE, PvP sort of time attack thing, right? Like, shoot more dinosaurs than the other people. Um, yeah, but then there's also like literally PvP rounds where it's like you actually see the other people and fight them, and I I don't want that for that game. That 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 isn't what yeah. I was really expecting. That seems like a very weird choice. I I just want to shoot hordes of dinosaurs and exosuits. Like that's it. That's true. Um, yeah, I think I, know, I remember. I remember what you're talking about from that. Um, was it the cap? showcase it kind of felt like overwatch from that previous i I, for, I forgot about it but yeah that last um showcase it, it seemed like uh overwatch like push the payload faster than the other team or something i wonder if there's if that's going to be an optional i think it is like and i think it just kind of chooses like random like events basically or maps where you do different things and yeah it's just you know a couple of years ago, I might have argued against you, you know, PvP games are great. I love esports. Woo! But uh, not everything that, has to be That is exactly e-sports. how you used to sound. I know, right? Exactly like that, right? You know? No, but, I know what you mean. It, I mean, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm always going to have a little, like, I have that anxiety when it comes to online, um, co- uh, competitive online games. Yeah. And maybe it's uh, just now it's just like like I like that that premise doesn't sound good to me where No, I, I would I, I was expecting something closer to a Left for Dead. Yeah, like a Left like for an Earth, Dead or or like an Earth Defense Force or something. Yeah. Or EDF meets uh Vermintide sort of situation going. Exactly. And I, I, I don't know too- I don't know that it's not gonna have that option, but you also have to ask like if if they're putting resources into a pvp side of things you know you're always they're always going to direct you toward that that version of the game yeah and pve always feels kind of like an add-on yeah which i don't know that's just a huge letdown yeah i know, I was feeling that way when the um not that i was super excited about this because it's ubisoft but the skull and bones game finally started getting some uh some features is that like the naval battle game yeah they're essentially taking the four assassin's creed four ship combat and just like building it up and building up making a whole game out of it which leaves me very skeptical um as to whether i'm gonna enjoy that for longer than a little bit but they also do have like a full-on pvp uh pve server and so you don't have to do pvp if you don't want to because that's the last thing i want is another pirate game where people can come and grease me. <laughs> right. Just... At this point, it seems like the, I don't know, the easy option to take, right? Well, or... everybody wants their game to have that longevity. They want, of course, they want the, 
the uh, game as a service model, which, you know, a lot of people didn't think was going to last long. But now it's sort of just like faded into normalcy. It's like if a game is either single player or it's a service game. Um, No, and then, yeah, I mean, you look at all the potential money that any sort of competitive title can make. I feel like my days with that kind of game are behind me. Like every time I turn on Destiny, I'm like, what is this? I have yeah, no I idea what's going on. Uh, it's so easy to get like left behind. I always feel like looter shooters so far for me. There just isn't enough RPG there, right? There isn't enough Never. looter. Never. It's too much shooter. You know what those games are? It is an endless loop of of left trigger right trigger just aim and shoot aim and shoot aim and shoot and it becomes this monotonous like hamster wheel video game after you can uh like remember we used to play the division every every like pretty long amount of time throw a grenade or yeah do a attack like come on now i had that big eye-opening moment with the division two where i was trying to level somebody else up to play with me and I fell asleep playing the game. I actually like I realized my eyes were close. I've never yeah. done that. <laughs> I instantly sort of realized that with a game where it was just, you know, any sort of tech build or whatever was pointless. And the only thing you basically did was just highest DPS shooting build. That's it. Pretty much the only thing that was that that was meta that was considered the only thing that was good. And that's what the game was kind of balanced around, which was like you said with Destiny. It's like it's just a different type of grenade. It's just, yeah, you know, whatever. Everybody shoots and throws grenades and does a power up. But does anybody actually feel differently? (laughs) No. Are you serving serving like a build? You like a healer, you know, is there any type of supports? Is there any type of like, you know, does elemental damage like fire or bleeds or anything like that have an impact well anyway i guess it's time we kick it off uh welcome back to the nerding grounds podcast this is a weekly show where we discuss new and old video games and perform dramatic readings of limp biscuit songs i am your host quinn armstrong and i'm joined by my co-host matt tolsdorf hi hi are you ready to talk about 90s games again Yes, I am. So, as uh, you know, if you're joining us again, which we have a few listeners now, that's super exciting. Thank you guys for your support. It means a lot. Thank you. Um, thank you. So, just to recap, last week we went through the first 12 seeds of 32 seeds for round one of our best of the 90s video game bracket. Um, we have... Quite a few to go, but I think we can pick up the pace a little bit and get through these 32 seeds, and, and next episode we'll be ready to go into round two. And then it should start flying from there, because how much more can we say about the same video games? <laughs> Depends on the game. I know, honestly. I say that, but then once once we're trying to debate some of our favorites against each other, it's like... We oh, made God. a podcast based off of this. This is a podcast. All right, just to recap here, uh, last week... The, I'm just going to read the winners uh, that have moved on to round two. In seed one, Resident Evil 2. Seed two, Pokemon Silver and Gold. Those two will be versing. Seed three will be Super Smash Brothers. Uh, seed four, Super Metroid. 
Seed 5, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Seed 6, Pokemon Snap. Seed 7, Sonic Adventure. Seed 8, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, Seed 9, Super Mario World. And Seed 10, Final Fantasy 6. Seed 11, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And Seed 12 is Yoshi's Story. So um, those groupings will be going up against each other next episode. Um, And so we're going to start off with Seed 13, which is Metal Gear Solid versus Super Bomberman. And Metal Gear Solid Advance. (laughs) Metal Gear Solid, next um, no, honestly, yeah, I, I I don't know. Super Bomberman, eh. It's kind of like that's not the Bomberman we felt like we fell for, right? Right. You but know. it's a cool party game. Like it's a cool. It, it does. Grid, but it, you know, puzzle like quick puzzle. Yeah, it's more of like a arcade sort of thing where Metal Gear yeah. Solid is a masterpiece. And well, come on, yeah. we are both diehard kojimers yeah is that a thing can we make that a thing kojimers kojimers i regret that immediately i i don't okay that's metal gear solid Ah, we're torn torn again all right so metal gear solid and looks like we got a vote from sierra on this one and it's metal gear solid what a homie what a homie you know she did that shit on purpose its legacy speaks for itself. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is that that game kind of showed me how narrative can exist in video games. You can have a game that's what? 50, if not 60% cutscenes. And if you do it the right way, it's just as entertaining as a game that's just straight to the action, right? Right. right. So. And like, a stealth-based game, right? Where there doesn't even have to be that much action uh, in between those cutscenes. No, it's it's immersive in a way. You know, yeah, you're, it you're is kind of. I think that's. I mean, he he tries to make all of his games immersive, but to be able to pull something like that off, because you had stuff on PS One like Resident Evil, where the immersion was pretty pretty next level as far as you know deliberate maneuvers and um figuring out the environmental and stuff but in metal gear solid it's it's something of uh it's just always trying to find any gap it can fill it's like have we explored this area yet have we seen what we can do with this mechanic no you're right all right but yeah let's save it to go up against either duke nukem 3d or legend of zelda a link to the past because that's what's going to make up seed 14 uh <laughs> I think okay we, i think mm-hmm. we know what's going up against metal gear solid yeah i think we do too uh not not that i don't like you know now that i don't have some affinity for duke nukem 3d that i didn't play a lot of um like wolfenstein and doom i did play doom eventually but duke nukem was my you know my my shooter as before uh, i want to say GoldenEye. I got right. like, or maybe it was after Goldeneye, but either way, like Duke Nukem was my shooter in that style. Uh, and it was certainly a cool game, right? And I think it, it kind of really hammered in some adult themes that might not have been so present in games until then. 
but we are talking about a link to the past, right? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's no comparison. I mean, Duke Nukem was fun yeah. and played with some cool, uh, I think, technical aspects of video games from that that end. Um, but I mean, have you played Link to the Past? Which is like the 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 quintessential older Zelda game, right? Uh, you know, yeah. Well, I, I mean, say that like Ocarina of Time is an old as dirt now, like us. But but if you're talking about top down 2D Zeldas. Yeah. That's I don't think anything can really beat that. I mean, some people there's some merit to arguing that something like um, a link between worlds really freshens up that gameplay. And, and that game is very playable compared to Link. To, I, I think Link to the Past is, past is aged very well, but yeah. there are some frustrating aspects of it, like, you know, only being able to attack in you know four directions no diagonals and stuff like that and some t- and like when we were talking about links awakening there are some of those quest objective things that are just too obscure but it's nowhere near as bad as it is in that game and so i think it's i think it's still just a mark of mastery on the um super nintendo and helping solidify a franchise that is still going very strong think about all of the spiritual successors that have come out in the last even year. I mean, you had Tunic, um, things like Death's Door that are just trying to recapture that that format, just like the Metroidvania surge and, you know, has come with the... Um, I think Metroidvanias have, have lent more to that Souls formula or maybe even like the roguelike formula, but I feel like it's either a Metroidvania or it's like a, a Link to the Past spiritual successor, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. And Blaine like, agrees. Absolutely right. All right, so um, Link to the Past is going to advance and go up against Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> Try to make things hard for us, but eh, you know that's this is what it's all about. They got to go against each other eventually, right? Yep. So we're moving on to Seed Fifteen. That is Doctor Mario versus Star Fox, and that's um that's Star Fox on the NES. Uh, yeah. Sorry, SNES. I don't know. I I can appreciate the first Star Fox for what it did on the Super Nintendo. That the three dimensional I mean, it's a mess looking it back is. at it. Well it But it, it's cool. It pushed the boundaries of what that system could do, like by far, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. it does not run well. Uh even a little bit. No. But it's cool. It and it still kind of exists as like a cool thing. Meanwhile, I think Dr. Mario is still a very successful puzzle game. Like you can pick that up right now and play it with no issue, right? Right. And I do. I, like, I have it on my I have it uh on my emulator and I played it not that long ago and it holds up. I just uh I can't really tell you how much Dr. Mario I've played. Can't really tell yeah how much original Star Fox that I've played. Um, it's a little before our, I guess, our window, right? Right. I mean, that's got to be like one of the first sort of spinoff titles, right? From like a major franchise. Dr. Mario? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's definitely like the early spinoffs and, you know, trying to capture that Tetris just formula. Um, yeah. And clearly that's what it was. Them trying to like. Yeah. But I mean, I know people that that's their only game. You know, they still will play Dr. Mario and only Dr. Mario. People had Game Boys and I feel like StarCraft is a uh, StarCraft. Not again. <laughs> yeah, we, we get it. You don't like StarCraft. All right. 
uh, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean here. Cause it's like with Star Fox, it's like, like I say it was cool. I do appreciate it for what it, it attempted to do. Yeah. What it brought to that system, but Dr. Mario seems a little bit more iconic to me. Maybe. Yeah. I just, uh, I think a better game as far as how it holds up. I think Dr. Mario, I, I, that's where my boat's going. Dr. Mario. It is. I'm actually interested to hear what Brian picked on this one. Star Fox. You Whoa. see, I kind of, I kind of figured that. I don't know why. That's surprising. Um, I don't know. I pegged him for maybe finding Dr. Mario at some point, but okay. Well, for Star just Fox. like That's when you picked Yoshi stories over Soul Calibur, you were wrong. That's true. Dr. Mario, it is. Blaine uh, called me the day after and was like, is Matt mad at me? No. <laughs> J- just to be clear. No. I said yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, you know. So Dr. Mario advances to the next round. Uh, seed 16 is going to be GoldenEye 007 for the 64 versus Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins for Game Boy. Where did you even get that one? That's, right. that's one of my favorite Mario games. I know, like, but that seems like it's not it's not obscure, but it, it's almost obscure, right? Um, I mean, I think because it's on the Game Boy, um, oddly specific. Yeah, but the first one was okay. It was like it's it's an okay portable Mario, but six golden coins. Uh, it had an overworld, not only an overworld, but like a thematic overworld where each you go into like areas, like the the forest area or some other statue. I can't remember all the areas right now, but it has a series of levels for that that you can go to in any order. Um, and it's for a handheld Mario, it's got that like Super Mario World adventure thing going on, and it's got a ton of powers. So it's it's pretty hefty for just like an original Game Boy game. Well, what Wario was in that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Wario is in this one. I think he um, takes a castle or something, and you gotta right. get him back with the six golden coins either way it's a good mario game it's one of my favorites then you got goldeneye as, as weird as that game is like like what it, like, we talked about it in the music episode you know it's just like even the music had no business existing in that form and the game right. had no business being as fun as it was for a licensed game it really didn't like what was that like what is that i i i don't you know like how many movie games or any game based off of you know, some other form of media is is like that good. Obviously, there's other examples like The Witcher, right? Or things from based off of books, but yeah, and you, you know, wouldn't I, ever expect it to be that good. And I have my licensed games that I love. You know, I I like quite a few of the Harry Potter games. You know, uh, pretty excited I, for that open world one. Yeah, I wish um, I wish the turf author would stop being such a piece of shit turf, but. Yeah, I don't know. She's, kind of, know. she's kind of ruining that whole thing. Um, but yeah, you know, like the Harry Potter games, the, you know, like I've, I've enjoyed quite a few Dragon Ball Z games in my time. What was the other one I was playing? Toy Story 2 recently. I love Toy Story 2. But yeah, no, this was this was a really good. I get it. There's a lot of examples where movie adaptions for video games. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean are, 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 are at least decent, right? But this is this is like so many people played that game and enjoyed i think it. this and game like for if you mention it in a group of people everybody's gonna start talking about it right mostly because you know you had a sleepover in the 90s this game was there oh yeah you had an n64 and four controllers and you were 
cycling back and forth. Absolutely. And I feel like that wasn't like, I feel like that title wasn't taken fully until Halo came out. Yeah. That, I mean, as that far was the next as like party the, game. Yeah. That couch shooter, you know, yeah. Versus or co-op or whatever it be. Uh, I think you're kind of right about that. It was, it was the first. It was just, it was built for fun. Like the game was built was. to be fun. You could, you know, the more you beat it, the more cheats you unlock and just silly crap. And I mean, it was rare. So, you know, rare knows how to make a game that feels good. And I mean, granted, it has not aged well. <laughs> it's really hard oh, to no. play these days. But, you know, I've sat there and fiddled with emulation and controllers to, to like figure it out. Like, right how can I make this game as playable as possible as possible? Because I want to play it right now and I have been playing it and it's still fun. I think we're pretty decided here. Super Mar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to vote for Goldeneye. Goldeneye. It is Blaine voted for Goldeneye. So we got three for Goldeneye. This next one. All right. Moving on to seed 17. We have Mega Man three versus Super Mario RPG. If you're wondering the heck is super mario rpg for our listeners it's one of the greatest rpgs of all time with the yeah. with the cast of mario and it's actually a really really good like a really just good rpg outside of the mario aspects this was like one of the last games on the super nintendo like big games on the super nintendo and then the next generation rolled up and square was no longer like by the time 64 was around i don't think square was working with nintendo anymore right probably yeah, I mean, especially PlayStation 1 and all that good stuff. I w- yeah, I really wish we would have got another one. Like, Paper Mario is good. Uh, especially, like, the first one was great, but uh, Super, Mario RB- Super Mario RPG is just... The thing I noticed recently when I was checking it out again, I feel like Super Mario RPG has the feeling of one of the mainline Mario games. Like, it's it, it feels set in that universe. Yeah. Unlike Paper Mario, feels set in a very different, like, side experiment universe right Th- this still feels like mushroom kingdom yeah OG. this is this is mushroom kingdom kind of from a different perspective right yeah the um, perspective being a, like a final fantasy-esque adventure there's a a, a castle sized talking sword in this <laughs> who does that um and then you know and then like the combat it's a little odd at first, but the like adding sort of a rhythm element to it where, you know, tapping on your hits gets you extra damage. It, it makes everything a little more active. And I, I don't I don't have the knowledge to claim that this is the first array into something like that. But it's the first time I remember like an active. I mean, we obviously combat. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the first, right? It's it's one of the first that tried to add in something else besides just hit the button once right yeah um which kind of leads into things like uh in my opinion you know uh legend of the dragoon of course like i said they have like combos there mm-hmm. games like Sino gears i would dare to say even like chrono trigger you know with the combo attacks and stuff just adding more like elements more, making uh, things a little more paced throughout combat instead of just yeah. select and sit back and it worked. It, that worked very well for a Mario game, I think. Yeah, because I mean, it just yeah, it felt is. like more like Mario. Like, what, what does Mario do? Like, if I'm playing Mario, I'm running, and then uh, you know, I'm tapping A at the right time to like jump. It's timing. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's part of it. It's accuracy and timing. And Mega Man 3 is really cool. <laughs> it is, but, um, you know, I get a little confused about which ones did what. And quite frankly, there are some Mega Mans that are just better than others, right? But they a lot of them are just really more, like this is more Mega Man a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, it is. I I think three is the one that sets apart because it I think it's the first one, at least on NES, that had more of a an arsenal of moves and not just the ones that you get from defeating bosses, just like right out of the gate. A, a sense of agility, I think, with like the slides and stuff. Right. Because I mean you go back and play dog? one and two and it just feels slow. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah, um, shoot, run and shoot. But yeah. in this one, there definitely starts to be progressively like more and more cool stuff. But I mean, of course, I mean, in my opinion, there's probably some like titles before this that I that I enjoyed. But, you know, like nine and ten, that's when it really just starts to. Only X series is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember playing this one and liking it. And also, let's just be real. I chose it because there uh, there are two bosses, one named Hardman and the other named Topman. So mm. right there. <laughs> you know, um, the game speaks for itself. Yeah. Hardman and Topman. Um, I'm going to vote for Super Mario RPG, as I think most sane people would. I'm going to have to go with Super Mario RPG. That'd have been really awkward if you went from Mega Man. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you had me at Top Man and Hard Man. Why can't it be both? Anyway, so Super Mario RPG is going to advance. And next we have Seed 18, Tekken 2 versus Harvest Moon 64. Totally reasonable matchup. Yeah. I will start off by just saying one thing. Uh, The last Tekken to come out. Great game. Awesome fighting game. Uh, one of the what best. No, what number was that? Seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. I took to watching highlight Earth videos eight? of that because that game oh was absolutely hilarious. Before that, though, Tekken always felt very sluggish to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely cool uh, that it, it it's it's like always been like a 3D fighter, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is seven. Yeah, closer to, I guess this would be closer to, you know, a, a, a soul caliber than it would be to like a Marvel versus Capcom or a Street Fighter, I mean. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know if like Virtual Fighter came out first or anything, but I'm pretty sure Texas got to be like the, like the first to really do that. Uh, do like the 3D fighter sort of thing. I'm sure there's some type of obscure fighter I don't know about that did before it, but well, and Tekken set itself apart through its story beats, right? Like the first one, sort of, but it was mostly just ridiculous. But two is where that narrative element really kicked up, and you had this idea of a, like a real campaign that you were moving through, right? Right. Where like consequences happened at the end. Similar, I mean. Similar to like later Mortal Kombat games. Well, things that are like almost mainstay in a lot of games these days, but yeah, like you can't really, if you do a fighting game, you can't really get away with not putting a decent campaign in it unless it's something like, you know, I don't know, King of Fighters or something where you're just trying to, to just make like the next really big thing. 
but even Mortal Kombat these days, Mortal Kombat's nothing without <clears throat> a good campaign mode anymore. You know, that's what people are. Yeah, that's kind of what people are playing it for. You know, I mean, then, I would and, say there is some other competitive scene, competitive scene, but yeah, for sure. And you know, know, Tekken Seven has its online, and like I said, it's ridiculous <laughs> with like the right. character creator and stuff. But yeah, um, uh, but for sure, uh, the characters themselves i think they have a lot of well character you know yeah uh and they're just they're without well i wouldn't say without being completely outlandish because you know there's a bear a panda and there's, there's a big old lion bear. uh oh my the king he's a big like lion man well i think he's wearing a mask or sorry, i i you know i never figured out if it's like just a mask or if he's actually like a, a tiger man um I bet he's a tiger man. But there's a lot of characters that I just feel like I want to play when I'm playing the game, you know, just because they look cool. Yeah, um, I, that's I feel like that's what Tekken 1 was about. It was like making characters that look cool. <laughs> and then yeah. Tekken 2 was like, let's make a decent story with these. Right. And now it's like, hey, let's fully flesh out these fighting mechanics mm-hmm. and just make an awesome fighting game. Uh, yeah. But hey. We're talking about Tekken 2, not not Tekken in, in, in general. Uh, Harvest Moon 64. Yeah, so I I really like this game. Um, right. I'm a huge Animal Crossing fan, and I've I'm I've been known to enjoy um, Stardew Valley, and right. Harvest Moon was definitely one like I dabbled in when I was younger. I you know I I. Played 64 a good bit. Uh, I think I played the GameCube one a little bit more, but 64 charming doesn't quite cut it. <laughs> it's it's this was the first time I like turned on a game and I was like, oh, there's no combat. There's no the challenge is really just what you make of it. You plant right. and and the game grows with you. And so you're making this farm and you're doing this and you're uh, walking around and and getting to know the the townsfolk and that seems like a really ambitious thing for Nintendo sixty four you know it does and it it kind of is right look at the other times either like really getting into this idea of action games and things like Golden Eye right or you have these really um let's, let's go with the imaginative characters with like the different platformers. Um, and then there's Stardew Valley, or not Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, well, I mean, Stardew Valley came at a time when Harvest Moon just was nowhere to be found. Like that series right. had hit a stall, and yeah. the creator wanted one so bad he just made it for himself, <laughs> which is pretty great, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden these farming games started coming back. Right. I am super excited for the new Square Enix one, but we'll, we'll see. Harvest Stella. Yeah. I, I am too. I watched the trailer again. And I was like, "This seems ridiculous." It might, <laughs> uh, it. you know, it might bring in more that kind of depth that we've been looking for in these kind of newer age Square Enix side projects. Yeah, yeah. I think um, less rehashing that. Let's make an RPG with right some bombastic combat system and stuff it's like if we're actually putting some animal crossing in there if we're actually putting some like comfort zone 
get to know your townsfolk. But also there's this horrible thing that's taking over the land. Yeah, I, I'd be totally down for that. Right. But Harvest Moon has none of that. It's just a quaint slice of life. Was that the first one or? No, it was on uh, Super Nintendo as well. And I think there was a Game Boy one. I, that was one of those series that it's been in Japan a lot longer than it's been here. And so you can you can find it on a lot. I, I think I think Super Nintendo is where it started. Can we talk about how the games would tag on the 64? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of their names. And look, I mean, look at this list alone. It's like, you know exactly which ones. I'm surprised GoldenEye 00764 wasn't the full name. Right? But somehow, like, I don't, I don't not like that. I don't know why. It's because it's a system we grew up with. That was, that was the main one. Oh. Uh, so and, and I feel like they were trying to talk about those. those um, that, that was still when people were obsessed with with bits you know it was like yeah. this is a 64-bit system this is right. twice as powerful as the playstation one which oh, it was a big big thing if only they'd use cd roms but yeah pretty much i can't really say i don't really remember playing too much harvest moon 64 i mean i i enjoy the concepts right definitely cool especially the the, the amount of games that have branched off from that right yeah i, I still even though even though what i said earlier I got to give it to Tekken 2. It actually is kind of like, you know, a lot of times when you went over to someone's house, they had Tekken 2 and you just picked it up. Yeah. Whatever reason, you know, someone had a PlayStation. They probably had Tekken 2 and you probably got your ass whooped by them. You're right. I did. (laughs) Yeah. So. so And And you know, I'm, I'm honestly torn. I'm split on these. Um, I'm having a tough time. So I'm gonna make up for Soul Calibur and push Tekken two through. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, and we gotta get one fighting game in there. It's gonna get its butt whooped about you know with what it goes against. <laughs> but it's that's fine. what I was thinking. And you know what? Harvest Moon isn't a fighter, so it's just gonna hang back. No, I don't think it can compete. <laughs> and Blaine voted for Harvest Moon. I feel you, Blaine. I did. Well, I didn't really, you know, peg Blaine as a fighting game kind of guy so tekken 2 is going to advance um moving on to the 19th seed we have chrono trigger versus banjo kazooie wow 64 <laughs> so i just saw that and well the first i read chrono trigger i was like okay it wins and then <sighs> I, I see banjo kazooie and i have to pause for a minute here this sucks <laughs> that does <laughs> suck this honestly sucks. So Banjo Kazooie, just just from when I remember playing it as a child, and I remember it being frustrating, uh, but just like magical. It it somehow set itself so far apart from Mario sixty four, and I think right. it's that rare. It, it's just that rare style. Like rare knows how to put personality into a video game, right? No matter what it is, whether it's James Bond, you know, Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo-Kazooie, they see a thieves, they put that style in there. Um, and it's not like anything else. Right. You're absolutely right. I don't know if I could say, you know, games like uh, Super Mario were maybe a little bit more fleshed out, right? But 
I mean, like I said, Banjo-Kazooie just seems like iconic to me. When I think about the 64, it's but it's probably that, you know, that's like, those two that pop into my mind for whatever reason. It's like top five easy. Yeah, easy. Um, And then Chrono Trigger is awesome. Chrono Trigger is, you know, definitely held as like one of the greatest RPGs of all time. And not just by me, right? It was kind of, uh, you know, crazy storyline. Brought in a lot of aspects to party mechanics, right? There's more reason, uh, or, you know, A, for one, there's different characters, but there's different reasons to kind of have different setups in your party. Um, And the combo attacks are just a very cool concept that has never been, I mean, it has now, right? But for a very long time, it's never reproduced. I I just don't think people wanted to, like, compete, maybe. Yeah, and the idea that you, you get into a battle and there's no screen swipe. There's no like music to launch you into a separate screen it's like no it's happening right there on the screen and depending where you are depending where the enemies are your attacks are going to change right um and that is so ambitious for a 16-bit era game yeah it really is um but that that game is groundbreaking when it it's kind of almost like one of those things like it had no business being (laughs) As good as it is, but it is very good. Um, yeah, and it's just weird. It's it's a weird game. Um, it is. It, it never misses a chance to be weird. The cast. It's not a bunch of. It's not a bunch of RPG slash anime protagonists. It's frog knights and robots. yeah, frog knights and time traveling dudes and princesses that are you know. It, Which it's I right just, there makes a win in my book. You know. The character, he's a frog with a sword and a cape. You do love your frogs. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't blame you for whatever you pick here. But it's like I can't. And I get it that, you know, know, I didn't grow up playing Chrono Trigger. It's something I picked up like much, much later. Uh, Same with me. I almost have like a curse where everything in the world has tried to stop me from beating that game. Um, Mm -hmm. I've owned it like on like three different mediums. Mm -hmm. These times it's stolen or my file gets erased, but I still keep coming back for more. Yeah. And that is one that I've been playing recently because yeah, I found it way later in life and I've struggled to find the time to like, to really put the time into it that I like and get to the end and beat it. And so right now I'm like I'm trying, even though I've I've shot myself in the foot by downloading like 200 video games. So God help me if I finish anything. I don't know. Banjo Kazooie just it it's such a uh, a bigger highlight of my childhood and my life. I, I picked that game up so many times and just found all of the seams in that game. I just could not stop playing it. It was just right. that good. Um, I think I'm gonna have to vote Banjo Kazooie. I mean, I'm just going to throw out one name here. Akira Toriyama. The art. I was going to mention the art style earlier. Yeah, which we actually kind of, you know, have to, right? Uh, that's another thing. It was the creator of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, 
you know, he did all the character designs and everything. And you obviously see that. Um, yeah. Right on the box art. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that, I mean, it, just like with the Dragon Quest. Uh, I mean, it, it's, he has a long lineage of video games that he's designed characters for. All the Dragon Quest. Always winds games, up being like Blue Dragon. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, it, it always winds up being a cool mashup to me when he's involved. And it's comforting, you know. It's it's it nice. It's it I don't know what it is. Those characters. Always Banjo can, Kazooie. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you can pick those characters out of anywhere and know that that's Kira Toriyama, but it it never it doesn't like bleed over. You don't you don't see Chrono Trigger and Dragon Quest as synonymous. They're so different. But hey, Chrono Trigger for me. I'm sticking with Banjo. I mean, I can already know it's about to happen, right? You know. Chrono Trigger advances. Really? Yep. <laughs> really? Blaine, you bastard. Brian, you lovable bastard. I'm going to tell All you is why. All forgiven. I'm going to tell you why I'm upset right now. Because the, the seed 20 is Mega Man X4 and Super Mario 64. Ooh. Not saying I know how this is going to go yet. But there was a chance that Banjo-Kazooie was going to go up against Mario 64. And now we can't see that happen. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you know, hey, it's out of my hard hands. To beat. Hard, hard to beat. It's out of my hands. I voted for you, Banjo. <laughs> it was tough. Well, they know. Uh, you know what? They deserve it. The second game wasn't as good. Rare, right. it's hard to just plummet, right? I mean, they they definitely came back later. We need to um, talk about Conquer's Bad Fur Day one of these days, though. Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that game. It's but it is great and very dumb. And I don't, well, I actually, the concept just makes perfect sense, right? It's like, hey, all these platformers are like kind of kitty, right? Let's, let's just, let's say F it and, you know, put in all kinds of, let's throw some jackass into it. Yeah. Let's have a giant singing poo monster with corn for teeth. <laughs> and he sings a song. <laughs> Oh, it's actually pretty great, though. Wow. So are we really looking at Mega Man X4 versus Super Mario 64? My God. Probably my favorite Mega Man game. Definitely Uh, my favorite Mega Man game, right? Like, I don't I don't know what could possibly beat that. And basically the first one where you can run through the entire game. And it's it's kind of like different too at zero, right? You can choose either. Same levels, but you're you're approaching. And he has like a beam score completely differently, yeah. And then like Mega Man's super cool, and the power ups are super cool. You can get you know like the the X armor and everything like that. Of course, they bring that into Mega Man X, which is kind of why why the series starts to pop off. But uh, yeah, in the same way that X kind of just brought Mega Man to. Just a completely new generation because it was getting stale as hell. Just right. and X really, you know, it made that mobility a lot better. X four just kind of went, all right, let's let's up the sprite count and let's focus on actually making some some story to go, like some dramatic story. Right. And it's pretty cheesy at points, but like it's still a story. And if you like the game and you played it growing up, you you actually started to get attached to those characters. I mean, it starts to get almost a little confusing, maybe, because there's some things that are, I, I guess, kind of present in it across the series. 
So I don't really know what's going on. Or at least I didn't know what was going on when I was a kid. But well, it like didn't the, matter. Like because a robot I could either, existence I could either stuff. shoot stuff with a giant beam or I could slash stuff with a f- saber. And, you know, and just the, the dash and the wall, you know, the wall jumping and stuff, which was in the X series. But it just, everything felt faster yeah. and less, yeah, like less heavy and clunky. And definitely started to like animatize, mm-hmm. animatize. Well, this series. one, these were on the PlayStation. So, yeah, I mean, the sprite count they were working with was miles ahead of Super Nintendo's series. Um, right. So, yeah, like the animation was just awesome. And the bosses yeah. were cool and the boss abilities were cool, which is always, I mean, that is like the quintessential Mega Man thing. And I yeah. like the formula. I mean, of course, it does get like tiring now, but, you know, the idea of like, hey, you kind of find out what sort of the weakest or the easiest boss to beat is and sometimes that's just the easiest one to beat for you specifically um get its power and use its power uh uh, you know find out who's weak to that power use it against that to beat that it just starts to kind of steamroll and i i like i like how that always plays out like it's always tough at first but once you break through it, it 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 feels good very good um, but it is going up against Super Mario 64, which is one of the best 3D platformers ever made. I mean, what could be said? <laughs> it's Super <sighs> Mario 64. Uh, that that is like that's that's the other game that you really 100% have played uh if you grew up in the 90s. I mean, that's a that's what I would call like a back of your hand video game. Like you just you know it. You can pick right. it up anywhere. You know where the secrets are, with how to get every star. That being yeah. said, I'll let you in on a little secret. I mean, I was never that into it. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, you started as a Sega kid, and I was yeah. definitely the Nintendo one. And like, you eventually got all the Nintendos and played all the Nintendo games. But I was definitely more of like Mario over Sonic and right. And, other stuff but yeah i i played mario 64 every day for a very long time so yeah. um i mean regardless i mean i think it it deserves its place on on that very high pedestal but uh it just wasn't always my jam for some reason yeah I where like later titles of course i love like odyssey was amazing odyssey is really good and i and i'm a huge sunshine defender uh no it's sunshines i recently you know they redid that or they came out with that on the switch i played mm-hmm. it beat it loved it all over same, again same i, I was always like, why are people complaining game? so much i don't know it was so cool and you know whenever you take mario and you give him something else besides his normal mario stuff i love it yeah um yeah but this one 64 just feels like that that heavy duty like this is this is the same this was mario's 3d launch and and it was how many Uh, many uh, games jump into a completely different genre with that kind of expertise and that kind of vision yeah i don't know um it's definitely yeah it was um i don't know super mario 64 for me it's just it's too important in my life uh it's kind of like I feel like Super Mario 64, just for what it is, deserves to win. But for me, I loved Mega Man X4. I played 
that so much. So I gotta go with Mega Man X4. That's fair. All right, let's see. No fucking way. What? Really? What? Wayne, what the hell? Oh my god, really? He was probably like, all right, I don't want to make Matt mad. This you is know? some <laughs> bullshit. I mean, oh, I'm calling you tomorrow. You Wayne, did we just become man. best friends? Mega Man X4 advances. Oh my god. See, see this is twice in a row. I have looked like the bad person for no reason. <laughs> Well, you know, no, losers, no. losers normally do. Right? I will die on this hill holding <laughs> holding Mario in one hand and Banjo and Kazoo in the other. Uh, well, you know, if I would have thought Super Mario 64 was going to lose, I, I might have gone with... <laughs> no, I, I, I can't not pick Chrono Trigger out of that. There's uh, no going back. There's no going back. No, there is, right? But I still <sighs> stand by what I said about, you know, Super Mario versus Mega Man here. Super Mario 64... It definitely is a great game. It's an iconic game. Uh, but, I don't know. For me, it just wasn't it. Yeah, you can go to hell. Anyway. <laughs> see, see, it. Well, now you know how it feels. Let's go. <laughs> no, I am not taking this like an adult. Mega Man X4 advances to go up against Chrono Trigger. Mm, Have fun uh, with that one. Uh, <laughs> now, we are on C21 looking at Doom versus Star Wars Dark Forces. Doom are Star Wars Doom. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's what we're talking about. Um, I do think that Star Wars amped up the formula a little bit more by like, I don't, I think this was the one that explored like some actual 3D environments where you could, you could look vertically and it wasn't just these like, these like trick of the camera situations, but right. I don't think anybody can argue that, you know, doom is it kind basically of, ripped off doom though. You know, doom, doom was a, I mean, that was created at a time when like people were arguing over Mario and, and other platformers and stuff. And doom was just like, boom. Yeah. Let's, let's make something completely different off right. the wall. I, it's it's going to be a doom for me. I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, I don't have too much stake in this, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Doom. Like same, right? But that like when it what it comes down to me, it's like I know for a fact that the Star Wars game took the success of Doom and tried to just copy that. Yeah, and and I love Star Wars games, and they often do take the formula of something. I mean, I think Rogue Squadron was kind of a a league of its own, but yeah, like they do take the formula of other games and and slap a paint coat over it. Which is which is okay because yeah I mean I love the Star Wars universe and Blaine voted for Doom as well so Doom's advancing. Seed twenty two is Resident Evil one versus Star Fox sixty four. This is like the kind of stuff that I don't expect to ever have to choose between. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> there isn't. That's why I love this. It's what? just like every. It's like what? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this to me? It's not like taking Resident Evil and putting it against something that makes a little more sense, like even Metal Gear Solid, maybe. I don't know. Like you could at least debate some edges of those, but we're just saying, like, which one, if you had to shoot one, which one would you spare? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like, you know? Um, or, you know, the whole 
choose which one of your children get to live sort of sort of situation. Sophie's choice. Uh, and, and I'll start off by saying everything we said earlier, you know, the way we talked about Star Fox on the Super Nintendo earlier, it's, I don't think that's indicative at all of how we feel about 64. I'll speak for both of us. It's like we yeah. loved 64. This was and, a play yeah. over and over and over and over and over again game and branching pathways and everything. Right. You just pick up randomly, play for a little bit, you know, just I mean it felt good. Yeah, it did. And it was such a cool game and then I mean, I guess took everything about the first one and just realized it in a an actual 3DS environment, right? Yeah, it gave it personality too, you know. I mean it's still on rails, of course, but yeah. But if it, it feels like like that's My father used to say me like that too. <laughs> Uh, who is that's Star another- Fox's father? Where, 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 where is this? Um, Where's this story? It's actually Fox Star. Oh, I'm sure so, it's a graphic novel somewhere that I'm sure it is. People like, oh my god, you played Star Fox 64, but you didn't read the Star Fox comic. They could have maybe have done that with something instead of making that like. I, just I, I don't even. Story. I don't even remember what the last one was, but I think it was like a buy the toys to get the character sort of game. Starlink when they but that was like they made a game and then at the last minute they're like if Nintendo gets to put Star Fox on this maybe they'll give us money to to release this because I don't think that game needed Star Fox but yeah I mean I don't know Star Fox original six like I feel like the devs were really into Star Wars and they wanted to have some Star Wars in this <laughs> but with and we then, talked about Resident Evil a lot already we did right uh, for all of its quirks, I mean, come on. I mean, it's Resident Evil. It's a cheesy uh, ass game, but it's. I mean, you know, which one of those franchises are still around? All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is somewhat cheesy, but it's still it's it's creepy then, and it's still kind of it, creepy now, right? That's a that's a thing. Is like it was cheesy, but compare it to the other games i guess you would call it in its genre adjacent like house of the dead and you know those those light gun games and stuff this came out and was like survival horror right and it's like no you're you're running from these enemies more than you're attacking them you're yeah. collecting you have in to fact, spread your saves out <laughs> yeah potentially screwing yourself if you like try to fight them too much yeah uh, and and i think that's just i don't know resident evil as much as it's hard for me, especially if you're looking at the PS1 version, to play this game, <laughs> and you know today, it, it it did so much for an entire genre. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and it, I mean, it still to this day, I feel like it's very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing. I mean, there's been a lot of games that try to imitate like later titles. Before it's like Resident Evil Four. Nothing's really come close to Resident Evil. You know, Resident Evil first one, the second one, and the third one, right? There's just nothing else like it, really. I feel uh, like you have your Silent Hill um, yeah, group. Yeah, really do. And then you have you your do. Resident Evil group. <clears throat> kind of like a little Sonic and Mario. <laughs> Kinda. Um, but yeah, a lot of the games that are emulating but the I original mean, Resident Evil. That, I'm not playing that game. Too creepy. <laughs> Too creepy. <laughs> And very sexually charged. Very strange. Um, The ones that are like emulating Resident Evil today are, you know, budget, budget games. And usually it's 
they're not good. They're they're rough. Yeah, I feel like there hasn't been anything uh that's kind of similar that is yeah that is good. <laughs> uh and but like I said, I mean of course there's things like later on titles, you know, things like games that imitate Resident Evil 4 well or bring back like those feelings, evil within, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um there there's not a ton of those, but there's there's definitely a couple good ones, but not the first. So what are you voting for? I, I don't know. I still don't know. Because we're th- so Star Fox 64 is definitely one of those games. It's like you said, we, I grew up with it, it was one of those titles that kind of just I feel like helped shape me. Right. It, in terms of like what kind of games I grew on to play. And yeah. Resident Evil certainly wasn't anything I played back in the day. It's something that I heard about and wanted to experience. Tried to well, play you, it still well, a young. You was age, a so scared. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm a big chicken, everyone. Go with your heart. Also, my I heart have is... no idea what I'm voting for, so I'm making you. <laughs> yeah, I know. My heart. <laughs> I feel like flipping a coin here because I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't dude. know. What are you voting for? I don't know. <laughs> Why would you ask me that kind of question? <laughs> I, I don't want to like base this off the previous winners of the bracket because, like, I know Resident Evil Two went through, and that is my preferred game. Yeah, you know, if I look at the well, it's kind of tough because I mean, previous situations when I don't know because I don't really have a stake in it. I, I like to look at like the legacies of of those games, right? And what they did yeah. in the times. Of, but I mean, here, be subjective, honestly. Like, yeah, this is the time. Pick what there. There are no wrong answers. Yeah, but they both have their like really sh- like bad aspects to it too. Yeah, I mean, um, Resident Evil's rough. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, so is certain things. Well, Star Fox sixty four was didn't have enough to it to be like super super rough, but yeah, it was doing one thing, and you know, when you have something that's on rails, it's a little easier to execute that with polish. But, but it it's also cool. a really short game that there's stuff to it, there's secrets to it, but it's it's there very is. arcadey. It it is extremely arcadey, right? It's I'm going. It's, I'm going know, Resident Evil. I pick Resident Evil. All right. Uh, but finish your thought. <laughs> I was just gonna say it, it. Well, it's a bullet hell game, right? Yeah. In a in a three D environment instead of a top down, which is kind of cool when you think about it, because it, that's it's kind of the only game to ever really do that too. That well, well yeah. or at least the the first that I can think of. But yeah, Resident Evil. <laughs> All right, and Blaine picks Star Fox. I almost feel like I'm just giving it to the franchise. You know? Those games stand apart. It was apart. a very good game for its time, especially when they like remade it and added certain things. But It's going to go up against Doom. Actually, that's a good matchup, isn't it? Is that why you picked that? No, <laughs> I didn't even realize. I forgot Doom had won. All right, Resident Evil Advances, C23. Um, all right, next one, C23, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and I'm including Sonic and Knuckles. And Mario Kart 64. Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Oh my god, I played Mario Kart 64 so much, but... Okay, we all did. Again. <laughs> oh, again, right? It's I, just that... I, I another... don't think it's the best Mario Kart, though. No, not at all. It was just kind of like, I... you know, it was a six... It was, you know, Nintendo 64. Uh, another Nintendo 64 game a lot of people had, a lot of people played. Um, it was cool. It was fun, but you know what was better? 
Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, this is, you're you're bullying me. <laughs> I'm picking it. I love Knuckles. Yeah, I think this is the yeah. I think this is the best Sonic game in the series aside from Adventure Two Battle. Uh, yeah. No, it, it was absolutely awesome. I mean, we're talking about again when you combined it, the the cartridges they clicked together. Um, you yeah, you they did that. gain access to things like hypersonic and super knuckles and super tails, right? Like and Sega was, was like, I think it's actually hyper knuckles. He he skipped super. Sega was like freebasing Ritalin and Pixie Sticks. I don't even know what they're. And it's like. super awesome. Let's the Sonic can go Super Saiyan, right? And then he has another form where he can go hyper, and it's awesome. We have slept on Sonic thus far, and I was waiting for this one, so I'm I'm gonna vote for. Me too, right? Sonic. Um, and Blaine voted for Mario Kart 64. I don't think he played a lot of Sega, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not. But either way, Sonic finally got some love. It's in there. Ah, thank God. I got that out of my system. It was it was pent up. I was I wasn't waiting for it. Even though you crushed Mario sixty four right in front of me. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean it's kinda bad when I think about it. I mean (laughs) literally literally let Mega Man I forgive you because you didn't expect Blaine to vote for that. (laughs) I I really didn't, you know. I was just as shocked. Maybe he did that just to just because you knew, right? You had to have known. I'm going to have a talk with him. All right. Seed 24, Earthbound, Super Nintendo, versus Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Oh, well. Yeah. Earthbound. This is another Chrono Trigger Banjo-Kazooie to me. It kind of is. Because you um, have like one, a groundbreaking <laughs> RPG versus just a really fun... And it's not like, it's not like Banjo-Kazooie, but... It's, Rogue Squadron is just so fun. But yeah, that whole, like, what can we do with an RPG that's just weird? Let's set it in a almost like a an X-Files episode. Yeah. Weird game. Yeah. Got yeah, a lot of, like, we, you know, what, what can we do with an RPG outside of, like, these completely fantasy series? Let's let's have a kid, regular normal boy, and yeah. throw in some aliens and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, a little bit of, yeah, I guess, like, horror and mystery aspects to it it was like really adorable art <laughs> right at the same time i remember wondering who the hell this nest kid was when i was playing i, I did go back because I, I played smash bros and it was like yeah. okay gotta find who like the first smash yeah bros. like who is so that this is definitely a backtrack oh it was yeah that no no i mean never played it when it first came out earthbound that being said i can appreciate it for what it is but uh, I mean, I don't hold any particular attachments to it as like an RPG that I would other titles, of course. Um, I can't really say for how it is as an RPG or as a game. I think it's good, but I think it's that niche format where it's similar to Undertale. It's it's meant to be, you know, like they had Final Fantasy and and everything. If you wanted just a straight up leveling up RPG, and like I think Earthbound has all of that, but the main point is it's quirk. It's right. it's meant to be quirky and interesting and play with the genre in different ways. You know, I think that's that's like the big similar to how Undertale does that. It's like Undertale's you can play it kind of in your own way. And there's a lot of jokes and a lot of in, interesting stuff in there. But then Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Yeah, and just how we were talking about Star Fox 64 being this somewhat on the rails arcadey experience like 
that whole Star Wars Rogue Squadron just kind of lets you off the leash. Right. And you're in these sandboxy levels and you're you're controlling all these ships. And I mean, if you're a kid in the 90s, you still love you know, you love Star Wars and these yeah. star this was a big time for Star Wars games. 64 was a great platform for Star Wars games. Absolutely. Um, uh, this was and... I think this was the best one. Yeah, I mean, outside of, you know, uh, yeah, if we're talking about 64, uh, absolutely. It w- and it was actually just an awesome game because, okay, we have different sort of ships and different levels with different objectives and kind of like um, showcasing, I guess, some of the things you see in the movies, right? Yeah. And getting to be able to do them. You know, you could you could mess with, with your flight speeds and do cockpit views and different ships had different attacks and weapons and, and things like right. that. And you could really just you can get really good at that game. And there was a level of control there that, um, you know, just flying. I, I hadn't flown like that in a video game before. Right. When you think about it, it definitely had a lot going for it for the time and did a lot that yeah was didn't exist before yeah. then. Another example of a franchise game having no business of being that good. Right. It is one of those. Um, Even though we're talking about Star Wars, right? And there's been so many actually like good titles for that. There's been a lot of shit titles, too. <laughs> oh, boy, has there. But, I mean, the sequel was a launch game for the GameCube, if you remember. Like the, the... I, No, I totally forgot about that. But, you know, yeah, you're right. And then they made one, uh, was it like four years ago? Before yeah, yeah. the before well, the did. EA lost a license or and that yeah, was pretty cool. Uh well it was a remake, right? Or no, that was just a completely new game. And it was it was it was much more of like a sim like a I, I would say like in the simulation category where uh, you were yeah. mostly in the cockpit view. I mean, I think you could go out of the ship, but it, it was it was very flight simmy. Like there was a lot more right. to that, like managing your speeds and stuff like that. It was, it was good. Though. Probably why I, don't, I feel like it wasn't widely or held in high regard. But. Um, I, I think it just came and went because it was there for a short campaign, and the multiplayer was not really anything significant. Like they right. did not put enough into the multiplayer to warrant that, and I don't think anybody really wanted a multiplayer. Don't yeah. really need that. It would have to be something very well done. And some sort of like a squadron s thing, but is it gonna be a Star Wars Rogue Squadron for me? I concur. And Blaine doesn't. Blaine voted for Earthbound. Really? Yep. <clears throat> I'm actually a little surprised by that. Yeah. All right. Star Wars Rogue Squadron is gonna advance. And in C25, we have Pokemon Stadium versus Silent Hill. I'm just gonna say I played a little bit of Silent Hill, but I was always a Resident Evil fan, so I, it's still on my list to jump into. Pokemon Stadium was huge for me. That was kind of like, whoa. I know, By, right? Like playing that Pokemon was like, but full 3D. This is this is legit. <laughs> that, yeah, that was like nuts. But that was like, wait, what? All the Pokemon are in 3D, and there's different like little games and all kinds of stuff that you could yeah. do, and just the, what is. They made like a Mario Party yeah. on side of it. Like it was fun enough to do the stadium battles, but then you had like this whole Mario Party element. Anyway, I I thought that was cool. I I think I can just say that Stadium is mine. Yeah, and well, you know, Silent Hill, despite me being a big chicken, uh, <laughs> it is on the list. I mean, we we're talking about a really old game. I care less now, but 
Yeah, I never really played it. Uh, I was always a Resident Evil kind of guy. And from um, what I gather, two is really I, I've I've played more of two, and that's the one I can speak to. And from what I gather, that's what most people gravitate toward. Right. And Blaine also voted for Pokemon Stadium. Yeah. It really was just like uh, uh, I just remember getting it. This be like oh wow sort of moment. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, C twenty six. We have Donkey Kong Country versus Spyro the Dragon. So, Donkey Kong Country is neat. I know that uh, it's Donkey Kong Country, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly what to say about that other than, you know, anybody who's listening probably already knows. Um, but then Spyro the Dragon. And that's just a legit platformer. I'm very surprised it's not still around. Me too. It seems like that of all of all like the kind of platformers should have yeah kept around and you know probably made like a million bad spin-offs and everything else that's happened over the years but it, it just it didn't really take off yeah that's true but it, it i mean it was good it was really fun i mean you played as a dragon what you know who doesn't want to play as a dragon who doesn't want to play as a dragon and i mean and i've already said donkey kong country 2 is my preferred one i i like the first one a lot um, but yeah, Spyro, and I, I want to go back and play that Reignited trilogy. Me too. It looks I awesome. To. And I wanted to do that when it came out too, and I still don't know why I have it. Yeah, I know. Um, this is why they couldn't have more games because we don't support them enough. <laughs> I mean, they had six. Did you know that? No. Jeez. There was there was three on PlayStation and three on PS2. So I think it just died with the PS2. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Spyro. Yeah, I'm gonna go Spyro too. It's another one of those things like I'm not I'm like had the odd sort of investment in Spyro, I feel like it, it's something that like I didn't play religiously, but it's definitely more near and near to me where Donkey Kong Country is it, definitely cool, very stylized, but never really played it that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Blaine's going to pick Donkey Kong Country, so. Spyro advances. Um, next on the 27th seed, we have Mortal Kombat 2 versus Final Fantasy Tactics. So I will actually just say that Final Fantasy Tactics is such a good game. Overrate. Wait, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not at all. Like, it's no, such a good storyline, actually. And there is yet to be that, that style of like RPG. I don't know what we call it. The, the grid based. Yeah. tactical rpg yeah there has been like so even though things like um fire emblem and yes thank you things like fire emblem are advanced wars and stuff yeah are great it nothing compares like well like final fantasy tactics is like in its whole other league almost well and the fact that that's not running up against sequels to fire emblem is crazy to me absolutely crazy to me i don't know why so they did like age two uh which just was nowhere near as good in my yeah. you know um, Maybe that's why right but uh yeah no final fantasy tactic it's just i really like the like i said the i have the world building and um uh, the storyline to go along with like uh the, the way that they you know introduced the class systems you know uh, or the, that iconic Final Fantasy class system. 
just all wound up being so very well done. Yeah, for sure. And fun to play. It, yeah, it, it seems <clears throat> like Fire Emblem has definitely come a long way as far as uh, breaking out its systems a little bit, but it's not always to my benefit personally. Like sometimes it just seems for me, uh, it, like, Fire, it, it gets monotonous. It gets monotonous and it gets in its own way with just a lot of systems. Um, But Final Fantasy Tactics just felt like a really rounded experience. It had everything it needed and it still just felt like a, well, you know, like a RPG Final Fantasy title for its time. Sure, Um, sure. And And Mortal Kombat 2, I think, is, is much better than Mortal Kombat 1, but it's still an old Mortal Kombat game. I think it was there for, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like, degrade what it is I, I just feel like it was there to 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 accomplish a certain goal and that was make a really brutal fighter on the super nintendo and sega right um you know and, and there's so much history there mostly because of like the backlash toward the game but it was fun um right. you know it was it was fun to go over and play play on genesis and and go back and forth and unlock all of the things but that to me is like, I don't know, eating a chili cheese dog versus a steak. <laughs> like it's good. Yeah. It, but... You know, yeah. It always felt like in, I, I think the earlier titles like Mortal Kombat 2 certainly held their place in like a, uh, like a serious fighter sort of uh, area because there wasn't too much else out, you know? And then and it, stuff started it, amping up. Yeah. And, and, Still to this day, I feel like Mortal Kombat hasn't really figured out how to. Uh, they didn't pull like a Tekken where they really figured out how to pull themselves into the forefront of like the fighting game community. Yeah, um, I, I feel like in the last few titles, they kind of just settled with, you know, we know why you're here. You yeah. want to see a bunch of people get gored in ridiculous ways. And. Right. You know, again, they put they they did put some emphasis in that campaign in the last couple, and from what right. I heard, it was fun. But yeah, I'm going with tactics. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm tactics, right? And it looks like Blaine wrote in Kirby sixty four. No, wow, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he voted for Mortal Kombat. Okay, so C twenty eight is going to be Tetris for the Game Boy versus Donkey Kong sixty four. As much as I want to get a rare platformer on here this is not the one i like donkey kong 64 but that game is a son of a bitch to play Um, yeah it is it was a huge mess but it was really cool it was cool it was absolutely cool and i i still hold it like in in decently high regard because they tried to like put up with a lot right they tried to bring you know donkey kong they tried to give Donkey Kong, the Super Mario treatment, right? I know Tetris is Tetris. And that's like one of the grandfathers of gaming almost. Yeah. Um, and it's still played widely today, right? I mean, yeah. if you see Tetris in front of you on whatever medium that it happens to be on, because it's on, you know, everything, you're probably going to mess around with it just for like a couple seconds. Well, it's mesmerizing. If you watch somebody that knows how to play it, it's mesmerizing. Yeah. That being said, I suck at Tetris. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I, Is anybody, like I said, uh, I, you know, I mean, I guess there's some people that are really, really good at Tetris, but I, I, I don't know. I get so overwhelmed. <laughs> I always try yeah. to like, I want to make things look too good that I just get, I, I focus on the wrong things. Hey, look, I'm great at Tetris until it's at the end and it starts going really, really fast. Then you, yeah, then, then everybody panics. I just feel like my ADHD and anxiety doesn't lend well to it. I'm better with the like Poyo Poyo, the color based games. Um, like I can, I can do that all day. Tetris. I don't know. Something about it doesn't, I like, I, I didn't even know you knew what those were. Oh yeah. I love those games. I, I've been playing the Poyo Poyo game since, uh, Super Nintendo. Cause I had the Kirby one. I didn't even know what it was until later on in life. I didn't know that. You know what? I really liked the, the bubble game, you know, where you shoot the, you bubble you, bubble. Yeah, I guess is that what it is? I I love those games. Like I never really try to like branch out. Oh wait, no, 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 not bubble bubble. Like bubble shoot. shooter. Yeah, it's like where you 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 know you have to. It's like a color matching game, right? But yeah. you shoot your like a, a a one color bubble, whatever color bubble it gives you, and you try to you get it next it into to the other bubbles. At least three. Yeah. Yeah. Bubbles of the same color. Kind of like Brick Breaker, but without the the pong element. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like it's like from the top, bottom to the top, yeah. Right, about. whatever. I love those games. Uh, and Tetris, Tetris is cool, right? I feel like I have uh, to pick Tetris, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just got that song from oh, Donkey yeah. Kong sixty four stuck in my head, and the vision of that little chip to upgrade the memory. Oh my god, the red expansion pack. Because that was a thing. That, that was a weird thing. And that actually came with the game, right? Like That's so yeah, weird. Yeah. And we all just stole it from Blockbuster. We did. But there were other games that needed that technology and didn't come with a pack. So it's I'm like... Sorry, I mean, forgot to put it back in the box. Oh, I've already admitted to plenty of crimes on here. Don't worry about it. Uh, um, uh, it was like collectively... I think everybody. I think that's why everybody owned Donkey Kong 64. Because Nintendo was like, hey, buy Donkey Kong 64 and this upgrade will come with it. But everybody has to buy it. Like, buy yeah. it. Because a lot of games are going to need this. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Um, Can we talk about memory card packs, too? And Jesus. how there's some games, like obscure games that needed it. And you never had one. Even if you had one, you never had one. And they right? were always broken. Yeah. You, you'd go to load up. A file like you you pop in a memory card you're like all right let's get corrupt and i'm pretty sure they put them together with like rumble packs too back in the day let's take memory and just shake it up constantly (laughs) i don't know as much as i i probably still love that gk donkey kong i tetris right because it's tetris yeah and i'm still mad at donkey kong 64 for making me go back to barrels to change characters but like you can't pick up the collectibles as different characters it's really messed up it's a little messed up yeah all right and blaine picked tetris we had to pick tetris yeah pretty much oh my god all right we can uh, stop now we can do this next episode i, I, I was gonna say the exact for the- same. i was gonna say the exact same thing um y'all see was this 29 yeah final fantasy 7 Versus The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and I just want, I, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, right now. Um, yeah. No, I I'm devastated that these have gone up against each other in the first round. And yeah, 
we're gonna it need even be that bad because we're just we're, we're 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 talking about you know a video game list uh that we made a well you know that we put together to talk on our podcast about but for some reason this seems like hurts one of the worst decisions i'm ever gonna have to make this actually hurts like yeah I I would have been fine with these two going up against each other in the in any other round, but round one, one oh, of no. these games has to get knocked off. It just does not seem fair. Well, I was well then you know they would have been in the final round, right? <laughs> and they it would have just been so unfair to every other competitor. That would have been yeah, pretty arbitrary if Battle for the Nineties so came up against that. One of them's got to go. Find out all about it on the next episode. Yeah, because we're going to need a full half hour for that. Yeah. I can't, can't, in all good conscience, kick one of those off without at least talking about all the reasons I love them both. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Uh, we didn't quite get through, but that's a big seed we have coming up. That's it is. We're getting along. We have four more matchups to go through, and then we will be ready to move on to round two. So next week we will we'll start with Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time versus Final Fantasy VII. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it is what it is. There, will you come over and hug me after? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't even know. I really I feel, don't. I feel sick. So we'll mull it over, right? <laughs> Think about it. Meaning and we're not going to think about it at all until next week and be like, Shit. absolutely not. Totally remember that's what we're coming into. It's going to be interesting, at least. That's true. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Obviously, any form of support is appreciated. Uh, a like, a share, whatever you can do. If you want to show additional support, feel free to go over to patreon.com slash the nerding grounds. We have a couple of tiers there starting at two bucks. Any any little bit means a lot. So whatever you can whatever you can do. And if you want to start sending in questions, um, if you have a question, just send it to me, thenerdinggrounds at gmail.com. And we can, if we have time, we can read it out loud on the podcast and discuss. And go follow us on Facebook, Twitter. We just created an Instagram, so we have an Instagram profile now. Uh, still, still brainstorming that YouTube uh, situation. So more to come on that. But join us again next week when we continue our best of the 90s bracket. Thanks and have a great week. Bye.